everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. All right, everyone. Today we are covering The Mimic. That's right, y'all. It's the Korean version, not the one with the giant bows and trench coats that scarred me as a child. Um, <laughs> um, this episode is our second of the new year because if y'all were listening, we were here with Girl That Scary last week. Um, and now it's a good episode celebrating Mr. Voorhees, who out here getting wild. Uh, <laughs> listen, but this begins our little like layover before we ease in to our first full month. Um, category is Hey Korea, Hey Girl, Hey, and we're gonna talk to you <laughs> about some Korean gems because you know we love the Korean horror over here. It's true, it's true. All right, well, shall we get into it, Trey? Always. <laughs> so, I have, I have a question for you How does this movie fit with our other Korean films for you? Is this like I, top tier, middle tier, bottom tier for you compared to what we've seen on Fear Street? I mean, I look at Korean horror, like I do the Scream franchise, and that there is no bad one, but there are some that we do not love as much. Um, <laughs> I don't think this one is as good as the other ones we've talked about, but it's still better than what a lot of people are doing around these parts of the world. Oh, well, definitely, definitely. definitely. <laughs> yeah. I think if I'm just comparing the Korean films that we've covered, this one is mid-tier for me. Yeah, which is still a good problem to have. Um, oh, definitely, definitely. I wish I did anything mid-tier Korean horror. Like, I could retire. Um, <laughs> fair points, fair points. Yeah, I don't know about you, but you know me. I love a complicated woman. And so I was here for, um, oh God, I don't know why I try names when we do Korean horror. Hee-Nan? Does that sound right? That sounds good. Okay, we're going to go with our our American ass. <laughs> Please, for please help us out, y'all. Um, played by Yum Jung Ah. Yeah, I didn't think she was complicated, so I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Well, I just mean dealing with her grief and her the, the, that complication. My only thing is, I was not a fan. I'm curious where your thoughts are. I was not a fan of how they ended her character because I was there up until that very end. She hated the cops. Duh. She clearly, like, when she, my favorite part, when her was with, he's trying to, the husband or the cops are trying to talk to them, and she's like, we already gave you our statement. <laughs> Come on, hun. <laughs> he has to follow her out. I was like, yes, queen, yes. Tell him what to do with his life. But at the end, when she succumbed to, like, the temptations of, you know, her her lost child, it just felt like, we, it felt like we were making progress with this character. There was this character arc that was happening and she was she was dealing with her grief. She was overcoming her grief. We're not overcoming, but finding ways to healthily deal with it. And then at the end, it just felt like there was nothing, like she gave into it. And I, I, while I appreciated the performance, I just thought there were better storytelling ways to, to end that character for me. Again, because I, I I see her as a woman who's grieving. Like, that's every other Monday. And so, like, I'm not mad that her grief journey 
didn't end up with her being like Captain Wonder Woman. Um, I feel like that makes sense for her character because like she's missing this child the whole time. She's popping off at the father because the father's like, he's gone. She's like, bitch, we had children. I gave you children. I need answers. Um, which is fair, because if something crawls out of me, I also need to know what's going on with it. Like, I, I don't want them, but, like, if they just go missing, <laughs> I'm going to have questions and concerns and comments. And so, like, I'm I'm not mad at her for being, like, I'm still here for this child. That, that's not who I am as a person, because I don't do children. But, like, that was one of her character things, is that she really is a mom, and she wants to know what happened to her babies, and she wants to make sure they're fine and protect them. So, like, but, it made sense. But then why did she leave her other child... Because the other child is alive and gonna thrive. This one, who knows? Because, like, this cave did not look fun. Right. So, okay, hold on. I might have missed something. Because to me, she was being tempted down there by the little girl. The, 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 oh, the, yeah. So, the, the, her son's not really down there. She I just can't see. I don't know if she knows that or not. Well, right, because she's blind. So, and then like ignorance is bliss. I guess is that what I guess that's what they're going for. But like, I don't know. I didn't love it. I at the end, everything up until then, I was here for. But then that end happened, and I was just like, hmm, the one. It makes sense because like we we see a lot of people who have children who go missing, and they dedicate their lives to missing children. Um, I forgot his name, but he started like America's Most Wanted or whatever, that whole series, because his son was snatched in a mall. I'm oh, gonna, I didn't know that. I'm going to Google, because I'm getting his name mixed up. I want to say something Walsh. Um, yeah. And I mean, I guess in that way, I do understand, especially like dedicating your life to helping children and people who have disappeared. It just felt like she gave up on everything but... She gave in to her grief, which I don't personally. I, that's not my that's not my cup of tea. I mean, grief is a bitch. I it, I have a lot me, of things yeah. I've not processed, and so I don't know. Um, yeah, John Walsh. Like I again, I've not read his story in forever, but as a kid, I remember being like, "What? Excuse you?" But I believe no. that his wife was out with the son at a mall, and the son went missing, and they could not find him. And this was back when people did not have things in place because. Like, people were still stalking people, and the cops were just like, mm, if they do something, let us know, until, what, two days ago? So, like, <laughs> because um, when his son was found, they they grieved, and then he was like, never again. This cannot happen again. And that's when he started, like, getting proactive with helping people find these missing children that just go missing and nobody gives a shit. And, like, putting things in place to make people find these children faster. Because, again, it was just like, oh, no, your kid's missing. That sucks. I'm going for donuts. And people were like, that's kind of okay. <laughs> um... And so, like, I, I, again, like, I was on another thread before I found out his name was John Walsh. I wanted to make sure that was accurate. I, grief is a powerful drug. And so we all do the things when we're in there. And it's not like a straight line either. There's no way of being like, okay, here's point A in my grief. Here's point B. Um, yeah. She's a topsy-turvy world. And so because her thing yeah. was grief, I questioned nothing she did. Um, well, and I guess I guess for me, it's not that it wasn't believable because yeah, you're right, it's believable, absolutely. It just wasn't. It wasn't my cup of tea. It wasn't. It, it's not. It wasn't like I didn't leave loving it at the end of it. You know what I mean? And so it was believable, but I don't know if it if it will go down as like. Whereas I think if it had ended in a different way, I think this could have been top tier for me. Cor- Korean film, 
but I just I I didn't love the ending. I think the ending is one of the things that brings me back to the movie because I again she's a good time, but she's not the best time. Which again, that's such a fucking first world problem to have. It's like, oh no, this one Korean horror movie I saw was not in my top three. Oh. Um, <laughs> but like, I think that the ending because it's not what I expected. Um, it was kind of like I see you. Because, like, I'm tired of happy endings. I'm, I'm See, t- yeah, you hate happy endings. I sometimes need a happy ending. They're too predictable. Once in a while. I don't like predictability. I get it. Like, if I want to know what's going to happen, why am I giving you $3? Like, <laughs> just, I- I'm going to be mean, like, fair. listen. Right. And so I think we sometimes need something to be like, this is not what you saw coming. And so you can go have feelings about it and then talk about it, as opposed to everybody that's happy every after, be in. Because that's how you end up with Stranger Things. You have 50 bitches alive, and you only need 10. Look. <laughs> no, yeah. I, you know, I don't necessarily need happy, happy endings, but I need something to feel like something has changed. And I feel like her giving in to her grief felt like nothing had changed. And that there was no ending for that character to me. I don't know. I, I, it just, I, I, I don't know. I, is changed because again she's living with her grief and she doesn't know what to do with it and now she she has something to do with it she's she's on this other journey because she was going to sit there suffering for the rest of her life wondering where her kid is um and now she's like maybe i'll get answers um if i don't i'm still i'm still doing something as opposed to just sitting in my grief yeah that's a good point it it, maybe just wasn't satisfactory to me And, and that's totally fair i don't have to love everything listen um, I just love that we opened up with a riddle because I was like, who does bitch in the trunk calling you baby when the baby in the car is calling you baby? Who, whose baby is you, good sir? Whose baby <laughs> is you? And that's why I fucked a Korean whore to begin with. <laughs> messy. This beginning was fucking messy. You can't bring your side piece to bury your wife? What kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> <laughs> My other question with, this, with that beginning part Cause I was there. I was like, men are trash. He's clearly cheated on her, killing her to be with her. Like, okay. But so they bear, they bury her or put her in that cave and cover it, like cover it up. But then as they're leaving, that's when they start hearing the voices. Right. And then flash forward where I'm assuming, or maybe not too far forward, but anyway, flash to another part. When they get back into that cave, the girlfriend's there. That's who pops out at him, right? I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I did get confused because I, for a second, I was like, "Is the girlfriend and the wife the same person?" It is called the mimic. Then I was like, "No, no, no. These are two different bitches." I think. Um, <laughs> um, See, I thought I thought they were too, especially because that scene where she looks down and she's like fucked up on the ground and she's like, "Ah!" Right. I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Again, Korean horror is one of those things where it's hard to watch it once to talk about it. I keep trying it, and it keeps failing me. I need to make... <laughs> I need to start running up on these bitches the day before I need them, or the day I need them. I need to be like, I sat with them for a weekend, and I have answers. Right. As opposed to being like, she had different pants. I was a new person, right? <laughs> but so my question is, so I got... I'm assuming, to me, I was like, okay, well, the spirit got them. Got both of them. And then she's the one that pops out. Mm-hmm. But then the other dude, the dude's alive. So how the hell did the dude get out of there and the girlfriend got eaten? I don't understand. At that part, I was like, you don't have to explain this to me. Oh, I'm going to have to revisit this one multiple times. Um, I, I watched it once and then I read a summary. And the summary was basically like, JK, bitch. Um, and I was like, thank you. 
Thank you. And then that's why I had to, it's like the wailing, because like the wailing, I love the wailing, but she's like two and a half hours and I don't have an attention span. And so I watched her twice for Bloodhouse. I had to do that with like Josh Conkle. Listen to Bloodhouse, like Art House Movies. I said Maury's. If you like Art House Movies, listen. And if you like Maury, watch it, listen, listen to it. You don't know. They can talk about Maury over there sometimes. Um, <laughs> You're like, not the father. Listen, Sorry. but Josh and Drew, I mean, I talked about the wailing, and I was like, I watched it twice, um, and it's been 24 hours, because I know that I am bullshit when it comes to paying attention. Um, <laughs> and I also read a summary, <laughs> and I still have questions. <laughs> <laughs> and they made a safe space for me because again I love Korean horror but it's you do have to spend time with it you can't just like consume it like McDonald's like a lot of the American movies that we see and that's no shade to a lot of the American filmmakers because we do love some of them but also we get a lot of copycats and I'm going to just leave yeah. that out there well and two I think it being subtitled is also another reason why we have to pay closer attention because we have to watch two things happening at once and I don't know about you the subtitle did you did you watch this on Tubi? I watched it on, I think it was Shutter. Okay, well, I watched this on, no, wait. Or was it on Freebie? I don't I know anymore. I watched this it on something. One, yes, this is the one I watched on Tubi. And the way they did their subtitles at times really worked for me and at times did not work for me. Because they would do it like the person would speak and then the subtitle would pop up, like after they spoke. And I was like, I mean, I, I enjoy that in some parts because I was able to watch that person verbally say what they're saying and then get what they said but then sometimes I'm like no i need to know what they said right now like i need to know because this is a conversation back and forth i, I think i watched it on freebie because i remember commercials being a problem because again i don't have an attention span and so i'm like reading and watching and you hear me with a commercial and then i'm going for a day and i'm like oh no um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah to be also has commercials so yeah. i had that same problem yeah i, I really do think that i'm gonna start spending some of these patreon doll hairs to read these movies so i can get them without commercial interruptions thanks patrons um, so I can give y'all actual critiques as opposed to if we was doing stuff and then McDonald's was talking to me and I had to go have a burger and now I don't know what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never so, been for ADD, but I really need to be. <laughs> I think it's time. For real. I think every American does. Let's be real. Listen. Um, so I'm happy because every time I've watched a Korean well, really any foreign horror film, there's never been a time that I've been like, why the hell are you doing that? You know? Yeah. Until I watched this movie and I was like, why the fuck are you so eager to go in this damn cave? Get the fuck up out the cave. Leave the cave alone. The cave don't like you. The cave don't want you in it. You need to leave. The way people was running at this cave, like it was a fucking lottery ticket. Like... <laughs> The little boy, the little boy whose sister got snatched in the wall and he ran up to there and be like, are you okay? I'm like, I have left siblings for less. I have For less. <laughs> for like half less. Listen. 75% more less. I'm like, I thought I sensed danger, so I left you. Are you okay? Now that I'm fine? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then the dad, the husband just comes barreling through there, busting up and open a door, which who knows where the fuck that door goes to. We don't open doors in horror movies. They know better. And then the woman comes popping out and he's still like trying to look at it. And I'm just like, y'all, get the hell about this cave. Listen, I I was here for Grams though, because Grams is like, this is spirit. Put some shit over the mirrors. Let's go to this little girl. Um, <laughs> she was not having it. She was the person who made sense. I was with Grams. Yes. 
the dementia riddled like doesn't yeah. think their daughters or sister <laughs> she's like i'm severe enough to know evil when i see it and i need the rest of you to acknowledge that this bitch is evil that that was the one okay going back to my girl uh he on I did not understand her immediate. I mean, I guess I understand it because yeah. of the grief. I get that. I get it. I get it. And it's hard for me to put my head in that mindset because I'm not a mom. I'm not a, 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 a AFAB person. But I'm also, why are you so attached to this random child you met in a forest? I just... <laughs> the thing that fucked me up is that she had the same name as her daughter and she didn't... Wait. Listen, I would have been like, that's that's too much of a coincidence. That's sus. That it's, is 100% sus. I became the Cardi B gift. I was like, sus. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, but it also made me confused because they were talking about these bitches. And I'm like, wait, which one? The real one or the mimic one? The real one or the other one? Um, I I need to be explained like I'm a five-year-old. Um, somebody was in this movie and I'm so embarrassed. But I, so I need to know what happened. Um, if you're on the Patreon or that Discord, hit me up. Um. <laughs> I, yes. Because, like, yeah, I just, and, and it, and there, in this film, I do feel like they did a really good job of showing that she, it's not that she completely ignored her other, her biological daughter, yeah. but that she was just really focused on this other, do- this other girl she found. But it was just like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not trusting enough because, like, I, I would help the little girl. Don't get me wrong. If I found a little random girl lost in the woods, I'd be like, okay, come on. Let's get you. I'm going to call somebody. I'm not going to call the cops, but I'll call, like, yeah, um, foster care. I don't know. Listen, who I do you find, call? I would find I'd somebody. I'd Google something. I would find who somebody. Who do you call? Listen, who are you going to call? Not my ass. I will find her somebody, <laughs> but it's not going to be my house. Um, but also, again, this woman is going through grief, and this little girl has right. her daughter's name, and her daughter is the last of her children that she still has. And so, like, this this creature's preying on this woman. Um, True. Um, and it knows yes. her buttons. It's, like, fucking with her. It's, like, dialed 1-800-I-see-your-mind. Um, and it's playing all the greatest hits to get her to do what it wants her to do, like a little puppet master. And so, like, she just happened to get caught in that sauce, um, which could never be me because I'm not maternal. And I would be like, oh... You have my daughter's name. Hello? Oh. <laughs> I Hello, a therapist, psychologist, um, somebody. Go to the nearest hospital because she can't stay here. For real. I know when grandma put up shelves for our mirrors. Um, we would not we would not be doing this. Especially yeah, especially dealing like uh, already having to be taken care of not only your daughter, but your husband's mother who's clearly, you know, going through dementia and memory loss and that kind of stuff, which can be hard on itself. Um, and dealing with the grief of your lost son, just ooh, a lot. It was a lot, a lot. Um, I but, also didn't know why they didn't have help for grandma because I, I know a lot of people end up taking care of like their elders, but again, this woman is definitely going through something and you cannot keep an eye on her. And granted, she got violent for the first time because there was an entity in the home. But like, <laughs> but rightfully so. Rightfully, so. I'm on her side. But like, now that you know that she can be this way, you do got to do something with her. And so when the husband was like, "Send her away," I was like, "Maybe." But also, <laughs> the back to homegirl's point, she's like, "You can't send everybody away. You want to send my daughter away? You want to send this new bitch away? You want to send your grandma away? Who do you not want to send away? You want to send me away?" And like, get him. But also. 
I think that some of these he's right about. Just like tweet him three real quick. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Yes, I agree, and I think that um, one of the things, well, uh, two reasons why I thought that they utilized um, her character, uh, well, her relationship, he, uh, he Yeon's character with the grandmother's character really well was he wanted her to be around and wanted to take care of her so that if she were to ever happenstance say what happened to her son because she was there with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was incredible. That was an incredible plot device that I was like, damn, that's why she wants her around. And I was like, that makes so much sense. No, I was gonna say because I still want to know what happened to the little boy because I don't think we ever get like a definite answer. We get some alluded to this no. hints of that, like Lacroix. We don't get the full flavor. We get like <laughs> we get close to it, and I I want to know. Give me the full soda. I'm an adult. Look. <laughs> yes, and then you also had her. You know, um, I, I, I and this could be just me reading into it too much, but it felt too like as a woman she felt the need to take care of the the grandmother. And then if the father or her husband was questioning her ability to do that, it's, I felt like she sometimes it read to be that he was questioning her womanhood, like her ability to, to caretake, to take care of someone. This time, because normally that's how it's, things are coded, because things are written by men, and men are like, "Well, if you're not taking care of something, what's your purpose, woman?" And I'm like, "Fuck you, patriarchy." But what I took it as that she was like, "Mind your baskets, get in your fucking lane," because I run this house. Don't question me. Question what you could do for me. Um, because again, she's like, "I'm running this. We're leaving." And when he wants to put in his two cents, he's usually he's usually wrong. Let's be honest. But like, he happened to be right about getting rid of this new girl because like. She he go. was right about that. That one, I, I cannot take that from him. If she had listened to him that one time, but you know what? We're here now. But like, I think that he, because he's one of those absentee fathers, he does, he makes the money and he comes home and things are just the way they are. And so for him to not be putting in any work, but to have like thoughts, I'm like, you can't give me notes. You don't get to give me notes. Um, You want notes? You do some shit. Pick up a brush. Do some dishes. Because uh, she's juggling it all. And we don't know who she was before this incident happened. We don't know if she's living her best full life. We don't know a whole lot because, like, we meet them after this tragedy has happened. And so we don't know where her skills lied. Maybe she was not a homemaker. Right. Maybe she, yeah, we don't really know. Because that's another straw if she wasn't. And so now she has to be a homemaker because her kid went missing. (laughs) Um, And so she's going to take care of the one that she still has. And this woman who was there when the kid went missing. And she's given up whatever she was into. Like, I don't know. Was she a lawyer? Was she a doctor? Was she not having an affair, living her best life in coats? We we don't know. Either way, it's not that anymore. Right. Uh, yeah, 100%. One of the things that I felt was really strong in this film was the use of different, the, just the idea of the quote-unquote mimic and how many shots you saw in reflection, like, the shot of her turning off the TV and you watched her walk away through the reflection on the TV screen. And then like watching the, well, clearly they also like one of the more literal parts was the man coming through the mirror. But then also there's just so many beautiful shots where you watch the action of the scene through the reflection of something else, which is such an interesting way to think about mimicry and what is a mimic. 
That's art. But also that man coming through the mirror, I was like, I don't want no men in my home. Men bring trouble. I don't want them coming out my mirrors. Should I be covering my bathroom mirrors? Because that's that's what the real horror is. <laughs> that was the scariest shot of the film, in my opinion. Like it was spooky up until that point. But the minute she's walking, that little girl is walking down the stairs and she look, just peeks in that bathroom and he's like coming through that mirror. I, I was like, fucking shit, Ross! Fucked me up. <laughs> and because of that, the rest of the movie didn't feel like a 10 because I'm like, I'd already seen that shit. And I think that's, <laughs> I think that's what happened to this movie is that it peaked there and like we mm-hmm. had a good time, but we never got back to that because they gave it to us so yeah. early. And yeah. Yeah, I do agree. I think I think my biggest, other than me just not really caring for the ending, but the biggest negative I have of this film is that the third act was too long. That, Once they get down to the cave, that cave, they spent way too much time in that cave. That's my hot take. So I'm going to get into that a little bit. Um, it started to feel long. It did start to feel long. I'm not going to lie. And I was like, commercials, attention span, maybe it's me. But I do think that because we got that scare up top and we were just like waiting for her to figure out that this little girl cannot be trusted, it did start to feel like we need to go somewhere else. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And and I will say, yeah, I think you're right. They gave us they gave us the big scare, the big freak out moment too early, and then spent wait like they could have cut some of that stuff in the cave. I don't I didn't need all the running and the fall, the weird fall down the hole, but the dad was there. I, also, the geography of this cave, the 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 map of the cave, I did not under which I know you're not supposed to. That's yeah. the point. It's an evil cave, so I wasn't looking for logic in there. But also, I I was like, where are we now? It became like in Ringu too, where we went under the well, and I was like, yeah. um, <laughs> I'm turning around. <laughs> But again, it's, it's, I don't know. It's an evil cave. I don't know what logic is in an evil cave. So I can't really take away from that. Um, right. I, I will say, as usual, the kid actors in this Korean horror movie, Chef's Kiss, they deliver every time. They really do. Normally, I'm anti children actors, as you know. Very few of them are consistent in my head. Um, very few of them are worth talking about. But, like, whenever we leave the country, the kid actors are showing the fuck up. I don't know what the training is in these other countries. Because it's, I mean, we do a lot of Korean horror here. But I've also seen it from, like, kids in, like, London. I've seen it in kids from, like, France. Um, kids in different parts of India. Like, I don't know what the training is everywhere else. And why we can't do some of that here. Um, but I need to start doing that here. Because some of these babies are just out here lost. Looking for people to cast and thank you. Right. I um, 100% agree. Oh, one of the things that also always hits with Korean films is the special effects makeup. Mm. The special effects makeup on that um, man that coming through her window or coming through her mirror was disgusting. I I love I love 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 special effects of Korean horror movies, um, and most of them are almost always practical. Mm-hmm. We've had a couple that used some CGI, but they used it sparingly and they made it worth our time. They were just out here being like, and now the floor is gone. They were like, no, we're telling a story, bitch. Buckle up. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> right. CGI is not bad. I want to say this because we go, we come down on CGI a lot. CGI in itself is not a bad idea. It's just when you overuse it and use it instead of a practical that could be more effective. Exactly. It's like we put too much ice in a drink, you know? <laughs> exactly I'm not looking to get hydrated listen did I want a vitamin water or did I want my whiskey 
Uh, one of the things I found out while getting to the bottom of what the fuck I saw on Google <laughs> is that this is based on an urban legend. So it's not like they were just like completely starting from scratch. I'm going to read this quote. It's from Wikipedia. So who knows if it's 100% real. <laughs> um, the plot is inspired by the South Korean urban legend of the Jangsang tiger, if I'm saying that correctly, which is a man-eating creature that roams around Jangsang, a mountain in the city of Busan. You know I love a man-eating creature. <laughs> Doesn't have a Kickstarter. Yes. Doesn't have a GoFundMe. What can I do to support? <laughs> right. Which they talk about that in the film, and they talk about how the priest, the, the man who came through a mirror, dedicated himself to this monster. Which I love that, you know, because a lot of times in foreign horror films, specifically foreign horror films that deal with the supernatural or ghosts, they're usually spirits are uh, benevolent or at least like helping people in a way or trying or be or or just like trying to chill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but with this one, we actually got an evil supernatural being, which I. I, I love the the diversity in that and the fact that I, you know, you can't be, you can't um, uh, predict anything that's going to happen in a Korean horror film because, Listen. yeah, the fact that he dedicated and then killed that little girl by putting her in an urn and putting a rock on top of it. So essentially, <laughs> she starved to death. Which is the worst way to go. As a fat girl, I can't think of anything worse. You, I get hangry and I get violent, and then I have to like still be around. Like I ate mm -hmm. once today, and I'm already gonna like throw my computer. And so I, no, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I just love Korean horror. That's the tweets and the tweet. I keep yelling that we keep doing these movies. Um, it's why we have this theme trying this off for this year. So we're like, we can't do a full month, but I still want to do it. Um, <laughs> Because, again, like, we're saying that this is not our favorite of the ones we've covered on the show, but it's still probably in the top, I don't know, 20% of the movies we covered in general on the show. Yeah, I mean, I don't know numbers, but yes. We don't do numbers on Fear Street. We yeah. do drinks. Listen. Listen. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the numbers of shots. That's the only numbers we get into. And even then, up until a point. Up until... <laughs> 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 I will say, too, because I talked about the end and how I didn't love it, looking at it from the mom's perspective. I did kind of like it if I look at it from the perspective of the little girl spirit, because her story is so fucked up. It's so heartbreaking, and oh, it just bulldozes your heart. So, you're, uh, But then you also know that she's kind of... It's this beautiful, com complex idea that is real in real life. That we as adults put children through all this bullshit and then we get mad at them or blame them for their coping mechanisms or their survival mechanisms that we have forced upon them. Like, the only reason that she is, that the little girl is trying to coax the mom that to stay with her is so that she has someone and doesn't just have this creepo. A priest man who essentially killed her chasing her the whole time she has someone in her corner and so you on you can't really blame her for that because fuck what's she supposed to do be miserable forever and always and i think that's another part of why um the woman's story makes sense to me because she can't protect her little boy whenever it happened but she can help this girl yeah 
That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I just again, again, it gets me. It gets me. I me and Jamie from Bloody Broads, we talk a lot about like our coping mechanisms that we picked up as children. And because mm. like a lot of people have them, but not everybody is aware of them. And so like they're out here like ruining friendships and burning bridges. <laughs> um, whereas some of us have done some of the work. Cough, cough. Um, and so, <laughs> and so right when I took a drink. Right? It's just easy for us to be like, I am responding to this this way because this is reminding me of this thing or this is a trigger. And when you are aware that it lets us the power of it, but you don't get to get there until you're an adult and you're ready to own your bullshit, which little girl was not. Yeah, like, and we'll never be able to. <laughs> Never, never. And so, like, I think that that is also one of the reasons why I like this movie a little bit. It's because, like, we are dealing with, like, a girl who was not taken care of. And we are dealing with her trying to, like, figure out how she can take care of herself because nobody else can and will. And I think that's a lot of of relatable content for a lot of us who were raised by specific people in the world. Just leave that out there. Yeah, and I think that that problem is probably... um more prevalent than even a lot of us would like to believe it is because you know even the even parents with the best intentions are going to fuck up sometimes you know and so you know and some of them fuck up even more than that (laughs) especially because a lot of us are coming from people who are of older generations where there was even more of a stigma of getting therapy and getting help and talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were raised to be like, I was abused and I was fine, so you will be too. And now we're like, we can't talk no more. And they're like, why? I did what my parents did. I'm like, that's why. Did you not hear with yourself? That was your answer. Play but the tape. Said, Roll the tape. Why? Roll that beautiful bean footage. You just said, well, we can't be friends. <laughs> There's so many times. You know those reality TV re- uh, reunion shows where it's like, well, this is what you said. There's so many times in my life, I just be like, roll the tape, roll it. Listen, as a receipt keeper, I think that's part of it. I, part of my trauma as a child is <laughs> I have to keep receipts. So people are like, that's not what happened. But yes, it was. I have like all of my old phones between here and my friend's house in Indiana. I have all of my old phones. If you're ever like, I didn't say that to you, I could be like, I know which phone I have when you said it. Hold, please. Hey, send me that Blackberry. Yeah, No. <laughs> And if I see you at the charger, that'd be cute. If not, I can get one for Amazon, probably. I don't know. Um, but, like, I, because of a lifetime of being gaslit, I am like, we will always have witnesses. We will always have receipts. <laughs> um, you would not catch me out here being like, oh, no, I can't prove this really happened. Right. I just get really frustrated when I can. I'm like, fuck. I know you said it, you motherfucker. Anyway. Listen, I'm going to start recording all my interactions. I was going to be like, if I'm in the room and my phone is recording, thank you all for being on my show. Oh. Right, just carry out a tape recorder, like old school reporter style. I am Gail Weathers. I'm going to get like a little <laughs> I was about purse. to say, like Gail Weathers. I'm going to get as some you people do. know. <laughs> get that purse with the hole in it. Like, I'll be like, why is your purse clicking at us? Because she out of footage. <laughs> I love it. All right. Are we ready for hot takes? I think we can, we can, we can mosey that way a little bit, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. What we I do here no more? I got, listen, we're going to want to talk about mine for a little bit, I think. Okay. So, this is a PSA. And I've said this before. Maybe not specifically this moment, but very similar things. Now, I don't know how many times I've said it before straight people will listen to me. Never 
trust random children that you meet, especially in a forest, but really anywhere. Never trust them. Because there's something weird if you just run up on a kid that's just like out and about. Don't trust them. I don't trust children. Um, they're mean. Most of them are evil. If you're not seeing the innocence, it's on Shudder. That movie fucked me up. Uh, that movie fucked me up. Go watch The Innocence. I don't remember what country it's from, but like again, child acting, chef's kiss. Um, <laughs> um, kids are fucked up. That's the, that's the type of that movie. Kids are fucked up, but it's something else. And don't trust them. Don't never trust a child ever, ever, ever. I will never be alone with anybody's kid. I will never be cornered by children ever again. Like, listen, I have nieces and nephews popping out left and right because, like, my family's too damn big. And I'm just like, they can call me when they're 25. What? That's what they can do. <laughs> Boom. You can catch me out here in no mirrors and no caves. No, 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 no. And don't go into weird caves that have, been, that have literally been brick, bricked over. Don't do it. Just when, TL, when TLC said don't go chasing waterfalls, they didn't think they had to specify also don't go chasing caves. But some of y'all... <laughs> Don't some, go chasing bricked up caves. <laughs> some of y'all need these extra disclaimers. Y'all the reason we have all these content warnings on fucking Clorox wipes. Because y'all couldn't just be like, let me keep up my mouth. And now Clorox is going to be like, don't put this in your mouth. This is Clorox. We're going to tell you this. <laughs> don't <laughs> taste good. I promise. Do you want to die today? Um, <laughs> Do not put Tide Pods in your mouth. These, these babies, again, these babies... <laughs> And this is the future. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so we used my hot take earlier. So I'm coming up with another one. Um, I think my new hot take is I've seen a lot of horror movies, specifically these last couple years, where if it's a mom um, is treated in a certain way that I do not like, because a lot of us mm. are not meant to be moms. And a lot of us don't want to be moms. Um, and so it feels, it feels a little bit reductive to be like, well, she's a mom. So it's because of the mom and because she carried it in the womb and blah, 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 blah. And I, I do not like that. And this movie, I feel handled her momhood without reducing her to just being like a womb. <laughs> um, she had other stuff going on and yeah, her grief was palpable, but it was grief. It wasn't like grief because I carried this for nine months. Let me remind you I'm AFAB. Um, which is what a lot of a lot of the movies are doing, and some of the shorts too. Because again, I've been in festivals all year or all last year. Because this is twenty twenty three now. What is wow? Life? What is life? <laughs> what is life? I don't understand. Um, and I think that they we need to start moving away from that a little bit, just because it is a little look exclusionary. Yeah. Um, I forgot the phrase. I saw a beautiful essay last year, and I I have it saved somewhere because again, I'm a receipt keeper, and it was talking about how. Especially when um, we're getting into like momhood and sisterhood, we end up we end up talking specifically about like the AFAB experience and leaving out others when not all women were assigned fem at birth. Mm-hmm. I have seen the turfs, J.K. Rowling, out here saying the things in the streets, and so like it's it's an experience. And I also think that when you do that, it's also harmful because like we're raised in a society still where at birth. AFABs are giving dolls to play with and nurture and like take care of and the boys are giving like the cool toys and then we're like why want to talk to his kids oh it took by the way it took me a minute but because I heard on this podcast someone said AMAB and I was like AMAB oh I signed me out oh I've only ever heard AFAB 
which I like AFAB a lot better than AMAB. It sounds better. It sounds cooler. I mean, most things about men don't sound cool. <laughs> I've talked to them for a while. But like, <laughs> but like back to my point, it, 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 and then we can, don't understand why when women don't understand they can be more than a nurturing mother, we're like, but why? Because like, mm, that's because of the childhood trauma and because of the childhood society pressures. Yeah. And now she's like, I have to have these children. Like so many girls get like pregnant in school and they don't even think about like their options. They're just like, I gotta have it because society says. Yeah. Um, and then they like end up taking that on their children. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, the fathers are out living their best lives, getting loose and having all the kids, Nick Cannon. Because he never had to hold a doll. He was out there playing G.I. Joe's, and then he's got, like, different kids and different area codes. Right. And he came some time with them. And he's explaining this to us, and we're like, we can do the math. You have too many. Yeah. There's enough hours in the day. Have you thought about using a condom? Right. Which is why, I put, as the Spice Girls <laughs> said, put it on, put it on. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I respect, because a lot of my... Um, friends who have children um, have told me that they like purposefully don't gender their child's toys. And I, and I so respect that. No, it's, it's, it's a very small thing, but it's not that big of a fucking deal. But that's it's like, not small though, it, because again, how, think of how we were raised. Right. Well, yeah, I luckily, luckily my family, well, at least some of my family were very, um, open to that um uh, you know letting me play with dolls as a child letting me be more of the creative type that i was now on my more of my dad's side than my mom's side my mom's side was like you don't want to play basketball you're tall you should play basketball I was like, do you know me <laughs> i don't want to play basketball fuck anyway um but that's also my my they're all sports even the girls are sports people and i'm just like that's not for me but it's a whole other issue but like I, it, it, especially they've talked about how it's so difficult for them to go to a, a, a family holiday gathering because their in-laws will give them G.I. Joes when they don't want a G.I. Joe. They want to have a, a My Little Pony or a Elsa doll or whatever the fuck they want to have. And so yeah. let your kids play with whatever the fuck they want to play with. Listen, I, as a kid, I was given so many dolls that I never touched. And my sister would end up with two dolls because my sister wanted to play with them. And I was like, so I don't get anything for my birthday again? Fuck this, Leona. Um, <laughs> uh, and I remember I have, I guess he's a cousin because he's my uncle's kid. I remember somebody gave one of my cousins um, a kitchen set and he was trying to play with it. And my uncle threw a fucking fit and he called my mom to be like, your girl's got a kitchen set. And you can hear the little boy crying in the background. Cause he was like, this is my kitchen set. I want to play with it. And he brought it over. Cause he was living his best homophobic realness and was like, my little boy can't have no kitchen set. I'm like, as an adult, you don't want him to feed himself. He, yeah. Um, can men not cook? But again, going back to the fact that we have childhood triggers and trauma, I know for a fact the reason I can't cook and I hate cooking is because my mother was like, home economics. You have to learn how to cook so you can keep your man and your children fed. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> uh, and that's why I am giving myself food poisoning every other Friday. Um, because I never learned and it does not spark joy. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all check out Trey. If you're if you're anywhere near in the vicinity, every Friday, just at least give her a little knock. Hey, you, you, are you are you alive? Listen, those DoorDash coupons go a long way, y'all. Y'all save lives. Oh. Is that the salmonella yet? Listen, you got mad cow like, disease. Is this with playing with raw chicken? I'm on my way. What? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, but yeah, childhood trauma is something that most of us have and need to deal with. Most of us need to own that we have it. That's the first step. Because, again, we like to do that thing that our parents did. It's like, I'm fine. It's like, you was not fine. Denial is a very people. long river in Egypt. Listen, some people are drowning in that bitch. <laughs> Truly. I've been to Twitter. I see you. Look. <laughs> Like them eyeballs and that reflection in the mirror in this movie. Boom. (laughs) All right, y'all. Well, that is our thoughts on The Mimic. Thank you all for listening. Next week, we're going to be covering this title. Hashtag Alive. That's right. It's going to continue our time saying, hey, Korea. Hey, girl. Hey. Uh, because you know we love the Korean horror movies and there's so many that we still need to see that are making it your problem. Thank you for letting us have this podcast and for listening. I mean, it's what? almost as if Korea's been making movies for a really long time and we just haven't been it's almost, them. It's almost as if they're good. I don't understand. Is that a thing I'm hearing? Is that what's coming through my headpiece? Breaking news, Korea makes amazing fucking horror movies? <laughs> what? I mean, yes. So far, so good. I have not found a one. I've not found a Korean horror film that I absolutely would not watch again. Listen, um, during the break, I finally started "All of Us Are Dead," that zombie series on Netflix. Mm. Girl, <laughs> I am. I was living. I was living. It's like I think twelve episodes. I was getting less, since I did not budget my time correctly. <laughs> but I was living. Um, again, if it's Korean and it's zombies, sign me the fuck up. I don't know why I waited so long. I do know because time happened, yeah. But like, I should have. I'm waiting for season two. I want season two in my eyeballs immediately, like today. Uh, but it's not here yet. Well, there you go. Well, hey, get ready for next week because hashtag alive is zombie Korean horror film. So here we go. When I <laughs> we'll get into it. All right, child. Uh... we go for it. All right, y'all. Again, thank you, everyone, for listening. And as always, make sure you stay fierce out there. Bye.